You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Faith Works. Hello my radio friends. I'm so glad you've joined me today for another in the Give Me the Bible series. Some of you may understand what faith is. In the Christian sense, from what we understand from the Bible, we are saved through faith, as, ex- as Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 explains, and this is what it says. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Put simply, we can be saved because of what Jesus did for us. But we have to believe it, and that's the faith part. Salvation, being saved, is God's gift. We cannot earn it even by doing good works. Salvation through what Jesus did for us, for some, sounds too good to be true. But the important fact is that it is true. If it were not true, all the energy, devotion, martyrdoms, all the self-discipline and all the good things done by believers would be a complete waste of time. But there is a serious issue about the business of being saved. When people come to Christ where they accept his substitutionary sacrifice and confess their sins, they are justified, that is, considered right with God. Christ's righteousness becomes their righteousness. But here's a problem. There are many who claim that all that's necessary for salvation is to have faith. They think works have nothing to do with it. But God in his word tells us that faith without works is dead. In other words, it means nothing. Faith must have a foundation on which to build. And that foundation is the promises given to us by God. But we need to realise that there are conditions, including what is to be our response. In order to have the benefits of God's grace, we must bring forth fruits to the honour of God. We grow in grace by nurturing the grace and blessings we already have. That growth is assisted by the Holy Spirit working within us. Put simply, the faith through which we are saved must produce actions. Otherwise, it's stagnant, or as the Apostle James puts it, it's dead. The Apostle James develops this idea in James chapter 1 and verses 22 and 26, and this is what he says. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
If any one of you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, for example, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. In modern parlance, this says, put your money where your mouth is. That's the works part of faith. Here's another analogy that may help you understand what's being said here. Imagine someone says to you, I'm a really good cook. And you say, show me. If the claimant then proceeds to cook up something that is wholesome and delicious, you know that he or she can back up the claim of being a good cook. If someone claims to have faith and you see that faith in action in the same way, it's easy to tell that that person has faith. The Apostle James has some very poignant words to those who claim to have faith and have nothing to show for it. In James chapter 2 verses 14 to 18 he points out, What does it profit, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? In other words, he can't show it. Can faith save him? And then he goes on to say, If a brother or sister is naked, destitute of daily food, and one of you says, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone might say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. What James meant is that faith does not work in a vacuum. Now, I recognise that many televangelists and some other so-called high-power preachers are preaching that God does it all. They say we only need to believe and then God fills in all the gaps. But according to what I just read from the book of James... Believers have a responsibility not just to sit and accept, but to get off their backsides and do something that proves that what they believe is real. Here's an example with a congregation in a country area during, during a drought. A prayer meeting had been arranged to pray for rain. Many people arrived at the church to pray. The pastor greeted most of them as they filed in. As he walked to the front of the church to begin the meeting, the pastor noticed most people were chatting and socialising with friends. When he reached the front, his thoughts were about quieting the attendees and starting the meeting. His eyes scanned the crowd as he asked for attention. Then he noticed an 11-year-old girl 
sitting quietly in the front row. Her face was beaming with excitement. Next to her, open and ready for use, was a very colourful and extremely large umbrella, much bigger than her, in fact. The little girl's beauty and innocence made the pastor smile as he realised how much faith she possessed. The people were going to pray for rain, but no one else in the congregation had brought an umbrella. It took a little girl to show her faith in action to the rest of the congregation. Such was also the case with a 19-year-old, Joey Prusak, one day in September of 2013. Joey Prusak had worked at a Dairy Queen shop since the age of 14. At 19, he was the manager of a Minneapolis Dairy Queen store. One of his regular customers, who was visually impaired, dropped a $20 note on the floor. Standing directly behind this man was another customer in line, a woman who picked up the $20 note and put it in her purse. When the woman who picked up the $20 note came to the counter, Joey refused to serve her until she returned the money to its rightful owner. The woman angrily turned and stormed out of the store. So Joey took $20 out of his own pocket, found the visually impaired man outside and gave him the money he had lost. Joey did not tell anyone about the incident except a fellow employee. However, a customer saw the whole thing and emailed Dairy Queen headquarters. The email began to circulate online and the news spread about an honest 19-year-old with a big heart. Soon the number of customers at the Dairy Queen shop doubled, with people leaving large tips and offering jobs. Even Warren Buffett, whose company owns Dairy Queen, called Joey on the phone to thank him for being a role model for all the other employees. Now that's faith in action. What Joey did went beyond the call of duty. He gave his own hard-earned money to help the blind man. Remember what James wrote? If a brother or sister is naked, destitute of daily food, and one of you says, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but if you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Joey didn't have to replace the blind man's money. He had not taken the $20 note. But because he had sympathy on the blind man, his heart was moved to help him. Faith does not work in a vacuum. Joey's faith showed itself by what he did.
We're going to have a little break here and go on straight afterwards. to share with you about the faith of another young man. We'll call him Rick, and how his faith showed itself in a special way. You see, Rick had been to a Wednesday night Bible study. The pastor had spoken about listening to God and obeying the Lord's voice. The young man couldn't help but wonder Does God still speak to people? After the service, he went out with some friends for coffee. 
and they discussed the message. Several different ones talked about how God had led them in different ways. It was about ten o'clock when the young man started driving home. Sitting in his car, he just began to pray, God, if you still speak to people, speak to me. I will listen. I'll do my best to obey. As he drove down the main street of his town, he had the strangest thought to stop and buy four litres of milk. He shook his head and said out loud, God, is that you? But he didn't get a reply, so he started on toward home. But again the thought came to him, buy four litres of milk. Rick thought about Samuel and how he didn't recognise the voice of God and how little Samuel ran to Eli. Okay, God, in case it is you, I will buy the milk, he said to himself. It didn't seem like too hard a test. He bought the milk and started toward home. As he passed 7th Street, he felt the urge again. Turn down that street. Ah, this is crazy, he thought, and drove past the intersection. Again he felt that he should turn down 7th Street. At the next intersection he turned back and headed down 7th Street. Half-jokingly he said out loud, OK, God, I will. He drove several blocks when suddenly he felt like he should stop. He pulled over to the curb and looked around. He was in a semi-commercial area of town. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst of neighbourhoods either. The businesses were closed, and most of the houses looked dark, like people had already gone to bed. Again he sensed something. Go give the milk to the people in the house across the street. The young man looked at the house. It was dark and late, and it looked like the people were either out or they were already asleep. He started to open the door and then sat back in the car seat. Lord, this is crazy. Those people are asleep and if I wake them up, they're going to get angry and I'll look stupid. Again, he felt he should go and give the milk. Finally, he opened the car door and said, OK, God, if this is you, I will go to the door and I will give them the milk. If you want me to look like a crazy person, OK. I want to be obedient. I guess that will count for something, but if they don't answer right away, I'm out of here. He walked across the street and rang the bell. He could hear some noise inside. A man's voice yelled out, who is it? What do you want? Then the door opened before the young man could get away. The man was standing there in his jeans and T-shirt. 
He looked like he'd just got out of bed. He had a strange look on his face, and he didn't seem too happy to have some stranger standing on his doorstep. The man asked, "What is it?" Rick handed him the milk and said, "Here, I brought you this." The man took the milk and rushed down the hallway, speaking loudly in another language. Then, from down the hall, came a woman carrying the milk toward the kitchen. The man was following her, holding a baby. The baby was crying. The man had tears streaming down his face. The man began speaking and half crying at the same time. We were just praying. We had some big bills to pay this month, and we ran out of money. We didn't have any milk for our baby. I was just praying and asking God to show me how to get some milk. His wife in the kitchen yelled out, "I asked God to send an angel with some. Are you an angel?" Rick reached into his wallet and pulled out all the money he had on him, and put it in the man's hand. Then he turned and walked back towards his car, and tears were streaming down his face. He knew then that God does still speak to people, and answers prayers. This story, although it has other aspects, demonstrates Rick's faith through his actions. He was a believer, but he might have easily excused himself from doing anything. But his faith. Showed itself in action. From the paraphrase version of the Bible, the Clear Word, I wanted to read to you from James chapter two, verses twenty, twenty-four, and twenty-six, and this is what it says: How foolish can you be? Real faith is more than just believing in God. But includes action and willingness to obey. So you can see that only by what we do can tell others whether our faith is real. Therefore, a man is put right with God by a faith that works, not just by a doing nothing faith. As a person's body is useless without breath, so our statements of faith are meaningless without action. Yes, I realize that we are saved by grace through faith, but we need to realize that our lives must produce fruits—fruits of good works, fruits of being there for others and giving of ourselves. Without any thought of reward, faith needs to produce a "just do it" mentality. In Matthew twenty-five, we read of where Jesus was sharing some very important issues with those who were listening to him. 
he presented a judgment scene where two groups of people were being judged. In verse 34 we read, Then the king will say unto those on the right side, Come, you blessed of my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And then he told them why they were judged favourably. He said, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. And the people said, When did we see you in need? Then Jesus replied, That whatever was done, anyone in need was in essence done to him. Faith does not operate in a vacuum. Faith shows itself in action. It's good to be a believer, but belief needs to be seen. You may believe in your innermost self, but let that belief be real and demonstrated outwardly. The proof of your faith will be seen in what you do. It's time to stop. God bless you, my friends, as you give thought to what has been presented today, and I hope you will join me next time for more from God's Word, the Bible.